So, chapeau, uh, you were saying last week about something about being the end of an era? Uh, now, you know, I did think it was a, a tag team match about the Ragnarok Raiders, but uh, I guess I was mistaken, so if you don't mind, chapeau. Uh, Reekin Ishtar, the Ragnarok Raiders, is stupendous. Uh, I can't stand those guys. You know, I really didn't think we'd ever, I'd never hear those names again. Uh, and, and now we're just talking about them all the time. Oh, your feelings about the Ragnarok Raiders are very strong, senior last wipo. I must say, I am very intrigued. Very intrigued indeed. I must admit, I didn't care much for the Reek Nishtar, but it sounds like you have a very personal grudge on them. So, I believe I would like to know more. So, tell me, what happened? Uh, wow. You can really read me like a book, Chapeau. I really shouldn't be talking about this, but if you really must know... Yeah! <laughs> that senior last wiper would tell anyone a story with that anyone who would ask or or even hint on. Well, okay then, uh, senior last wiper, please uh, continue with your story. Now I now I want to know more about your deep seated hatred for those Ragnarok Raiders. Oh well, okay then. Let me just uh, get settled in. It all started many, many years ago. You know, I was, uh, I used to train way across the pond with, uh, with our old friend, the Panikiku. You know, he used to train people, and I was one of them. Hey, howdy! Uh, Chapo! Hey, hey, howdy! Uh, Sacre Blue! Oh, boy! If you don't mind seeing your last wipe, uh, stupendous! I know what this means. Now, what is it that you need to say? Listen, I, uh, Chapeau, you were saying something about an end of an era. Now, I'm sure you have a great story to tell, Signore Alice Wipo, and I can't wait to hear it, but I just can't wait another another week to hear this news about this this epic change, this, this end of an era. So, Chapeau. Uh, oh my goodness. Have I been carrying on again? Uh. Uh, 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 that's right. Uh, there, there's a lot. It's huge, important news. Uh, uh, chapeau, please. Uh, uh, don't let me stop you. What is the news? Oh, the important news, chapeau. If you will. Okay. All right. I will. I will tell you the news. It seems very important. So, uh, stupendous, uh, Signore Alaswipel. I think you'd better better sit down for this news. I think it might come a very shocking to both of you. It goes a little bit something like this. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of WWE action. Starting with the flagship, Monday Night Raw. Then we move to the NXT 2.0. Then we go to the developmental version with the NXT's Level Up. And to close off the show, we bring it right back to the main roster for Friday Night Smackdown. So, with that all said, it's time to start the show. So, if you will please, Maestro, sing us in.
And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling as he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. For the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at, representing the WWE and live uh, from Kansas City, Missouri, it's Monday Night Raw, air date September 5th, 2022. This episode is the aftermath of Clash at the Castle. Let's go. Well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome to season four of the Wrestling Show, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and tonight we're going to start our podcast off with a very cynical review slash look back at the uh, latest episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into the meat of the show, first, a quick shout out to the non-competitors, the foundation of the show, you know. Now, representing the authority figure, it's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the scoops they are. Sarah Schreiber doing hefty work tonight. Amazing work. And replacing Kevin Patrick for tonight, it's from SmackDown. It's Megan Morant. And of course, not to forget, last but not least, the commentary crew. The play-by-play guys, the hosts, some may even call them the narrators of the show. They are Corey Graves, Jimmy Smith, and the ever-jacked Byron Saxton. Now, without further kudos, let's get on with the show. Now, like I say, this show was the aftermath of, uh, you know, Clash at the Castle. And there's a lot to be answered. A lot of things have been done and there's a lot of questions that need answering. Now, this was a lot of talk and a lot of filler and stuff like that because there was only a whopping five matches, five matches on the show tonight. So we start with uh, the edge hitting the ring because after all, what happened at Clash of the Castle was uh, Dominic Mysterio. After Edge and Mis- Ray's win in their match against Judgment Day, Dominic he was uh, not happy about the whole situation, making his heel turn against uh, Ray and Edge. Mm-hmm. This Poppy and Edge. The, uh, he gave Edge the low blow. He kicked him right in the nuts. And then a clothesline from hell to uh, the short arm clothesline to his father, Ray Mysterio. So Edge is out there. He wants some vengeance. He figures uh, Dominic is old enough to answer his own, you know, to uh, fight his own battles now, and he wants some answers from Dominic Mysterio calling him out. But instead of Dominic, he got Poppy Mysterio, Ray, Ray Mysterio. And his uh, multi-mask, he loves these those different masks. Every He has a, like a mask change uh, every like uh, half an hour. I'm sure, pretty sure of it. But his mask number one, Ray Mysterio comes out and begs the begging, uh, for a forgiveness mask, I think this one is. Uh, so, Dominic Ray begs Edge for forgiveness for uh, Dominic. Mm-hmm. But Edge is like, well, Dominic is old enough to answer his own questions. He did what he did. Now he must answer for it. He's an old enough man to do it. He's an adult man. He's not a child anymore. So, okay, he calls him out again. But you hear Aria Ripley. Her music hits 
That's right. So Rhea Ripley comes out there and she introduces the new uh, Dominic, the, Dominic the man. New hairstyle, new outfit, looking like a respectable, respectable adult. That's right. Looking, uh, I gotta say, this new Dominic, I'm, uh, I'm on board. I'm on board Dominic 2.0. That's right. I like this Dominic. So Dominic decides and Rhea decides to charge the ring. Not pretty sharp. They go towards the ring. They want to fight. And Edge wants to fight, but Ray wants nothing to do with it. Going, oh no, uh, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to sit this one out. So he leaves the ring and tries to get uh, Dominic's attention, but Dominic will not look him in the eyes. Oh, ho, oh, oh, my goodness, the tension. The tension. So Rhea escorts, uh, says, well, you're welcome to go now. Roy Mysterio, leave, please, if you will. And of course... She bids Rey Mysterio a fine adieu, adieu-do, adieu-do-do. Okay, and while in the ring there, you think uh, Edge is waiting for Dominic to come in the ring and they'd be, uh, you know, having a few words and a few fists. But instead of that, Edge is blindsided and attacked from behind by Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And then, what's that? Uh, Rey Mysterio... He, uh, he's, he, he, I guess he's like, oh my God, what's going on? Oh, it's an ambush. I better help out Edge. He's still, after all, my unofficial family. He comes down there and he's blocked off by his son, Dominic Mysterio. And, uh, Rhea, and they both beat him up good. Throw him into the, uh, ring, ape ring, uh, stairs. And put him out for the rest of the sec sequence, the uh, segment. While in the ring, Damien Priest and Finn Balor just, uh, Continued the onslaught of beatings on uh, Edge. While Rhea grabs a chair, baton passes a chair as a baton to uh, Dominic, who pa then passes it on into the ring to Finn Balor, who then decimates Edge some more with that chair, places that chair on a leg, which he was bashing a little bit, and then gets on top of the ropes, where he does his coup de gras, right up top onto Edge's leg, while he does it on top of the chair, which is on top of the leg. So I figured this, Edge, he's a, Edge is a part-time wrestler, he's great at what he does, but if he's, uh, he wrestles for a bit, he takes a large time off, and then he wrestles for a little bit, and he takes some time off. I figured this is his time, his perfect time to take some time off, injury, after all, he's been taken away in the ambulance in this uh, segment. So I figured, okay, this is it for Edge for a couple of months, he's uh, going to be incapacitated, but is he? We'll find out soon in this episode. I'll find out what's going to happen. But it's not a clear-cut case of Edge being injured and out. Not a clear-cut case, I should say. I did say, but a little bit mumbling. But here we go. Now, looking good, looking great, are the new Judgment Day. Damien Priest, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic Mysterio. This week, keeping both shoes on his feet. Now we go... Outside, it's uh, Sarah Shriver confronting the Miz and Champa, and she wants to know about uh, last week uh, when Miz left the premises. Dexter Loomis was uh, camping out inside. That's right, Miz's uh, caravan. That's right. Well, he is a father, so I guess he needs a thing for his family, caravan for the family, and he didn't want to talk about it. But he does want to talk about the steel cage match he's going to have with Bobby Lashley for. The, uh, I believe the uh, North American Championship, North United States Championship. 
That's right. And uh, last week they had a match before. Uh, it was a regular match, uh, a not not non championship match with Bobby Lashley. But you know, Dex Loomis was there, and Bobby Lashley won. So now here we go. We go into the ring with a big match. You would think it's a huge match. It's uh, a tag team fatal four way match for the number one contendership to face the Usos. Now. I think the WWE has a huge problem with the uh, the main champions, like the women's champion, both SmackDown and Raw, um, Roman Reigns and the Usos, the main champions, they, they just barely fight. And champions in general just barely fight. They need uh, fighting champs. They need people there all the time. But with that aside, we'll go to this amazing match. And who's in this amazing fight of What four teams? Why? First team number one, representing the New Day, is Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. They have been together for a long time. They've been multi-time tag team champions. And can they come back on top of things? Why? We'll soon find out because they're fighting former champions and current jobbers. That's right. The Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, Gable, and Otis, formerly known as Four Point Otis, versus, now this is uh, Los Lotharios, they, I believe, I call them the uh, the new Lucha House Party because they never get no respect. You know, they're treated like garbage. You know, they're filler match material. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo versus, of course, the Street Profits, who I believe uh, are probably the greatest tag team right now. The greatest tag team that's pretty much uh, been doing nothing. Every match, they, every match they have, they bring the smoke. They are great. They are Andrew Dawkins and Montez Ford. They should be tag team champions, period, right now. But they're not. And what does this match hold? Match uh, is doing? It's a lot of time wasting. You know, it was like uh, a lot of people getting in the ring there. It was weird. This match was just weird because uh, somehow um, Angel Garza was fighting Kofi Kingston. Angel tags in Xavier Woods. So now they're thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to have to, they're going to have to fight each other. Uh, Xavier and, oh my God. I'm like, wow, that's stupid. That does, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, so anyways, Xavier decides to lay down for Kofi and before Kofi can get a pin, everybody jumps in to break the pin. It was ridiculous. What a rid- if that tells you what's going to happen in a match. The referee had zero control. And this referee, he's been, he's done, he's doing a lot of matches. I believe this referee did three matches this day. Three of them. One referee. What's going on with the referees? I mean, uh, I thought they had one referee per match. But no, this referee, he's busy. He's a busy guy. And uh, he's had lost complete 100 control. He had zero control in this match. It was, it was an absolute uh, um, fart fest. It was a stunt show for sure. With topping it off with Otis going off the top rope with a massive splash on Montez. Massive splash. It was crazy. It would have killed anybody in real life. But here we go. In the end of the day, after all the athletics and whatnot in the ring, showcased by everybody doing their doing their hardest, doing their damnedest in the match, it all they'd all flush that hard work in the toilet when Braun Strowman comes in and smashes everybody in the ring. That's right, starting with uh, Chad Gable. Gable. 
It was uh, it was bad. It was like a seven and a half minute match, followed by six minutes of Braun Strowman beating everybody up. And I gotta say, to top it off, if you can't see it, which is this is a podcast, so you can't see it. Braun Strowman with the new look, of course. And I think his uh, tailor is uh, the same tailor Shinsuke Nakamura uses. That's right, wearing the, his best of leather pants, looking good, red leather, just like Eddie Murphy and Shinsuke Nakamura, but mostly Shinsuke Nakamura and Eddie Murphy. Okay, so yes, of course, six minutes of Braun Strowman beating people up and destroying the announce table until, of course, later on, they do have the announce table replaced or repaired. It doesn't matter. It all happened. Braun Strowman, he's going to be on Friday Night Smackdown as well because I guess Friday Night Smackdown needs all the help they can get as well. So now we go into the ring with a tag team match. It is our current women's tag team champions of Raquel Rodriguez and her uh, a partner and coattail rider. It is uh, Aliyah. Now it's good to see them both having belts in this uh, women's division and the main roster. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know about this team. And they're fighting. Oh my goodness. It is, uh, truly is the new, the other new Lucha House Party. Now, okay, who is the Lucha House Party? Hey, who's the Lucha? Well, hey, you asked who the Lucha House Party? Why? They were uh, Grand Madlik and Nancy Del Rado. Uh, Del Rado, uh, which were fantastic wrestlers. Very highly skilled, but wow, were they, uh, they were just treated so poorly. And just like um, Dewdrop and Nikki, almost a superhero. First of all, um, they haven't been fighting at all for the uh, for uh, a longest time, and when they still when they got started fighting again, they were put into the women's tag team tournament, which they were just eliminated right away, and then they were put into the uh, um, clash at the castle. No, not clash at the castle, but they were at uh, Worlds Collide. They were at Worlds Collide, where they lost uh, to Casey Catanzaro and Caden uh, Carter or uh, Katana Chance. So yeah. Nikki almost a superhero and Dewdrop, they're not on the same page. They've been losing badly. They've been jobbers. They've been like the Lucha House Party. But it's funny because uh, Jimmy Smith saying that, oh yes, as of late, uh, uh, Nikki almost a superhero and uh, Dewdrop have been on the same page. I'm sorry. Have you not been watching the show? Come on now, Jimmy Smith. Get with it, sucker. Okay, now this match was, uh, was fun. Was ridiculous. Um... Let's just get to the end. At the end was uh, Dewdrop um, getting some damage in on Raquel Rodriguez. She goes up for her Vader bomb, but she's distracted because somehow um, Nikki goes outside of the ring and she's she's out there for some reason. And then uh, Aaliyah gives her, jumps off the apron and takes her out there. And uh, that gets Dewdrop very distracted. Raquel gets her on her feet and uh, gets her on her shoulders. Not picking her up off the ground, of course, she can't do that. Dewdrop uh, helped help the whole situation out by getting on the second ropes. Um, Raquel picks her up with the Tahana bomb, smashing Dewdrop to the ground with a one, two, three. That's right. In three and a half minutes, Raquel and Aliyah, or should I say Raquel Rodriguez, retains the tag team champions championship gold for Aliyah. Now we go backstage again. It's Megan Morant from SmackDown. Talking to Rey Mysterio on uh, his what is his relationships with his son these days, you know, uh, and Rey Mysterio is like, he is very angry. 
So he's uh, has an open challenge to any member of the Judgment Day. Now I was hoping this. I was really hoping this. Um, that Ray would be fighting his son Dominic today. But maybe that's too early. I think Ray versus Dominic should be is going to be uh, on a bigger, bigger platform. Okay, with that said, we go into the ring with uh, the newly reclaimed Austin, the name Austin, he reclaimed his first name Austin. So Austin Theory in-ring promo, talk about uh, his road to becoming champion. Now he has some setbacks. No, it's okay. I'm a big fan of Theory, Austin Theory. It's uh, He's a great talent, in-ring talent, and he has got, he's got a mouth on him. He's got great mic skills. He's great. He's got all it takes to become a future champion. But today... Oh, someone wants on his ass. And it's uh, the great Canadian hope. It's, that's right, fight Owens fight. Kevin Owens comes in there while he, uh, he's talking down. It's, this was just a great segment. Talking about the uh, Austin Theory being delusional and he's getting his first name back and stuff. It's, it's just great stuff. Good banter, fun banter. Uh, but it comes down to why. The match was eventually going to happen, ordained, and coming into the ring again. It is the the guy from the first match. That's right, coming in to referee the third match. Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory. Now, this match was incredible. Both are great athletes. Uh, Kevin Owens, always, every time Kevin Owens is in the ring, he is showcases what a great athlete he is. He surely is. His uh, aerial assaults are top. They're like uh, one of the best in the business. You know, right up there with Montez Ford and uh, Ricochet. You know, great stuff. But, like I say, this match went back and forth. Some great, great moves. Um, now, even though Austin Theory, they bring the match outside many times. And, uh, like I say, anytime the outside, like if you're being thrown into uh, the ring post or if you're being thrown into the uh, a table announce table or the steel steps whatnot like that i think that's automatic disqualification hope they do that in the future but here we go this great bump by kevin owens theory they're outside theory gives him uh throws him back first into the steps that's right the steel steps they look pretty bad uh it looks like uh, it looked like kevin owens smacked the back of his head against one of the steps itself look pretty pretty brutal really insanely a convincing bump very good the match goes on. Kevin Owens gets beats count in the ring and gets basically a, uh, um, a brain buster on his knee. So Theory picks up, uh, obviously, Owens, uh, like a brain buster, neck on his knee. So it's like a, a neck breaker, brain buster style. Very, very crazy. But the match goes on. This match was really good. This match of the night. Maybe too many big moves kicking out of finishers and whatnot. But this was great. Just amount, uh, just amount of fun that I liked. Okay, the end sequence. Austin Theory ends up finding himself into the pop-up powerbomb, which set Theory up with the stunner. And this match was uh, was really good. Uh, but with the stunner, Austin Theory um, loses. Kevin Owens with a big victory. But uh, like I say, this match was just, uh, just really, really fast, really fun, and uh, match of the night. By a little bit. There was another match. A main event was uh, also a very entertaining match. Um, actually, not a main event. Rey Mysterio had a very good match. The main event was just, uh, just a lot of fun. Okay, so now here we go. Sarah Schreiber again. 
with uh, the Miz, and the Miz is like, I'm not ready to talk about the Dexter, who he doesn't want to use Dexter's name, the man who shall not be named. He calls Dexter Loomis, the man who shall not be named. But she really wants to know about his strategy and whatnot, about uh, the steel cage match against Bobby Lashley. Well, um, Miz says he's the sure thing that he's going to beat up Bobby Lashley. He feels that the cage is so Dexter can't get in, and he knows, well, at least Miz feels that one-on-one -on -one he can take out Bobby Lashley. That's kind of hilarious, but we'll see what happens. This is a really good, this uh, feud with uh, Bobby Lashley and Miz, it's pretty good. It's a lot of fun. They stretched it up for a while. Stretched it up for a while. It's really good. Now, here we go. In the ring, it's the team. They got a name now. Damage Control, CTRL. Damage, CTRL Control, short-formed. It's uh, Bailey's new team. Now, Bailey with uh, Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Take that ring there. And uh, I guess they're talking dominance over that. One day they will all dominate the entire women's division. Bianca Belair comes out there because Bailey was talking about her gloating over the fact that she pinned Bianca at Clash at Castle, and she did. But Bianca had to remind Bailey that uh, it was a three-on-one, that it was a team effort that beat Bianca. But and Bianca did challenge Bailey tonight for the to, to for a fight. But Bailey wants uh, to set her own goals and her own pace and, and uh, she wants uh, her team of EO Sky and Dakota Kai to take out the team of uh, that's right uh, Aliyah and uh, Raquel Rodriguez next week because of the match they had the week prior where uh, Aliyah pinned an illegal person where apparently um, Dakota Sky Dakota Kai was not the legal person in the ring when she was pinned by Aliyah. So next week will be the rematch, which should be fun. So it's Damage Control, or they're now called Damage Control, which is great. Okay, now we go backstage with uh, a very own Sarah Schreiber talking to Johnny Gargano and uh, the time he had off and when he's back, what's his, what's, his, what's his plans? Why? Before he can really answer, Sarah, um, Austin Theory comes in there, and uh, he's talking. Like he's like, "Listen, uh, uh, Johnny, you're all talk these days. What, what are you gonna do? You're not a fighter. You're all talk." And well, Johnny says, "You're, you're absolutely right. I have been nothing but talk these days. That's why I was gonna announce to Sarah Schreiber that I was gonna be returning to the ring." And this is where Theory got all like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh," and uh, he got worried. Theory got a little bit worried. He seemed worried. And uh, this is where, I guess, uh, Johnny reminded uh, Austin Theory that there are, in fact, sharks in their waters here in Raw. The same thing. <laughs> it's so good how things go full full circle. So good. So good from last week. Okay, so now in the ring, it is the match. Well, cold match. And like, this is uh, almost as good as uh, um, the Kevin Owens fight. But it's Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Days. I thought it was going to be Dominic Mysterio, but it's uh, Damien Priest who takes the ring instead. Now, this match was great because uh, Rey Mysterio is good in the ring. He, uh, Even though he's so tiny, he gets his work in. He knows how to wrestle. He knows how to work matches. Um, but during this match, the rest of Judgment Day comes to the ring, joins the ring area, and there's nobody there to help 
Rey Mysterio because uh, Edge has been taken to the so-called, in air quotes, the hospital after his big old beatings, beatdown. So Finn Balor, uh, flanked by Rhea Ripley and Dominic, hit the ring. Now, Rey Mysterio had some really good moves there, some massive uh, high-flying moves. He had some good spots. Admittedly, even though I'm not a fan of Rey Mysterio, he still knows how to wrestle. He shows, uh, shows up in the ring. Now, during this match, Rey Mysterio and Dominic had an eye-to-eye out there, seeing, uh, um, some, uh, seeing if they're on the same page, but they're not. So in the match, Rey Mysterio has the upper hand on Damien Priest. It went back and forth, a lot of back and forth. It was really, really entertaining, really entertaining. Um... Rey Mysterio goes for his patent at 619, but it's Dominic Mysterio. He jumps on the ring apron to prevent this from happening. Now, even though uh, I believe uh, Dominic went on the side, he does his 619. Uh, Rey Mysterio could have done a 619 still because he was on the other side, <laughs> which is hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, because uh, Rey Mysterio does a 619 on the opposite side of what's not, not uh, the... the the opposite of the natural side to normally do it on, which Dominic does the natural side 619. So yeah, so Dominic went on the side where he would gone on, but if Rey Mysterio continued on his 619, he would have been successful of hitting Damien Priest. But regardless of that. After that, we got ourselves some, uh, I guess, uh, Finn Balor jumps on the apron and uh, Rey Mysterio knocks him off. Rhea Ripley slides into the ring, another side, and the Rey Mysterio's like, oh, ref, get that, get that quickly, get that woman out of the ring. And he turns around and whappo, he's met face to face with the Damien Priest's clothesline from hell. Just the boots, the bell boots that uh, Rey Mysterio wears. Yes, Rey Mysterio in his floppy boots. It's so hilarious. You know Rey Mysterio's got these skinny ankles, but his boots hides that for sure with a lot of air, air boots. Okay, who cares? Rey Mysterio is uh, literally, not literally, clothesline out of his boots. And then, with the massive, the massive uh, South of Heaven chokeslam, puts Rey Mysterio out of the match for good. I thought, I thought they were going to, like, the uh, Judgment Day comes in the ring there with a chair. I thought uh, that maybe uh, they would have uh, smashed up Rey Mysterio a little bit before they left. But they didn't. In fact... Rhea Ripley, Poppy, um, Dominic's new dad. I guess that's what they're calling it, not dad. Dominic's new Poppy. She calls out, um, Poppy says that Dominic will be fighting, will be wanting to fight. There will be a match if Edge is okay next week. So Dominic Mysterio versus Edge. Now that's what puts Kai Bosch in that. Uh, is Edge really injured? So apparently, I don't think he's injured. Maybe next week will be the official injury injuring of Edge. But regardless, this is looking good. This is looking really fun. Uh, like I say, um, Judgment Day, they're looking really good without any belts. And I don't see belts in their future, at least until 2023. How about that for an ending of a segment? Okay, so now we go to uh, Sarah Schreiber with Bobby Lashley. Sarah's saying that The Miz thinks he can beat Bobby Lashley one-on-one and Bobby Lashley almost uh, uh, shed himself, shat himself laughing. No, he didn't laugh at it, but he, he, like, he like, <laughs> really uh, thought that was funny. That uh, Miz uh, thinking he can beat the most dangerous man in the world? Well, let's find out soon enough. 
So now here we go. Bobby Lashley versus The Miz in for the United States Championship gold in a steel cage match. Now, they both got into the ring there. They both announced into the ring. The referee grabbed the belt and uh, pulled it up like, this is what's at stake, the United States Championship belt. And then the Miz grabs the belt and, and blindsides, um, you know, Bobby Lashley in the ring there. And then, like I say, like four and a half minutes before the match, the Miz and Tommaso Ciampa beat the holy hell out of uh, Bobby Lashley, which I meant... I knew meant absolutely nothing. He had the old uh, uh, the kayfabe arm injury because they, uh, uh, I guess Miz. Okay, now if this was real, you know it's not because uh, Miz theoretically grabs those steel steps and then uh, with Bobby Lashley's arm stuck into the ring post area. Um, the, theoretically, the kayfabe would be him smashing those stairs onto his arm. Now, if it were to have actually smashed his arm, it could have broken his arm or bruised it badly or done some serious damage, but it clearly missed. We all seen it. But if uh, if, go, if it flies by fast, you never know. You assume it hit it because he sold it. And then during commercial break, they start beating him with some more. Um, the chair shot to the arm and yeah, theoretically, his arm was damaged beyond repair. And they eventually get into the ring Getting like after four and a half minutes, like I say, of uh, outside fighting. Um, now, of course, Bobby Lashley wasn't really injured, and the fight carries on. Tommaso Ciampa tries his best to take uh, to help out the Miz and to get uh, Bobby Lashley from not escaping the cage. But in the end, was this in the end, was this uh, now Bobby Lashley and Miz did try and beat up, um, or Miz and uh, Ciampa tried to beat up uh. Bobby Lashley escaping the ring. He got popped his head out there and he's got his head bashed in a bunch of times with the steel, uh, the door, the, the door of the cage. And with that happened, the Miz decides to uh, leave the ring, outside ring, leaving it like, uh, not leaving by the door, but climbing the ring, climbing the cage to the other side. As he's doing this, he could have easily have walked through the door, but no. He climbs over the cage and looking down, Sliding out from under the ring, it is, of course, um, the man who cannot be named, or shouldn't be named, it's, uh, you know, um, Dexter Loomis slides out from under the ring, and this gets uh, uh, Miz going back into the ring, like, oh my goodness, and back into the jaws of Bobby Lashley. This match was uh, a lot, very long, uh, when the actual match was uh, like 14 minutes. You know, not including the four and a half minute uh, pre-match beatdown. So ends with uh, Miz getting totally speared out of his boots by Bobby Lashley and with the clean one, two, three. That's right, different referee this time. Bobby Lashley with a big victory and of course, Dex Loomis climbs back into the ring there, up over the ring, up over to the uh, steel cage, into the ring. Miz tries to escape, but Bobby Lashley closes the ring on The Miz. And that's where Dexter Loomis puts his finishing move on The Miz, putting him to sleep. Nighty night time for The Miz. And who knows what's going to happen. Will Miz be abducted again? What's happening with Dexter Loomis and The Miz? Will eventually they get together? Or will they be, is there some sort of weird thing? What, uh, will they undisclose why Dexter Loomis is after The Miz so much? But anyways, that's all the matches for tonight. But next week's going to be big because it's going to be a, a tag team championship rematch. Raquel Rodriguez 
defends her championship titles alongside with Aaliyah against um, Team, that's right, Control Damage, Yo Sky, and Dakota Kai next week. Along with that, we're going to have Johnny Gargano with his in-ring return to Monday Night Raw. Next week would be insane. I'm looking forward to that. Johnny Gargano, back in the ring action. And, of course, last but not for least, um, Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. I guess Edge is not that badly hurt after that concerto on a leg, on that with a chair on a leg. Not as bad as people might have thought it might be. It's true. But that wraps it up for another episode of Monday Night Raw. But fear not, listener. Stay tuned for coverage of NXT 2.0 right after this short break. Farting. We all do it. It's not only a fact of life, it's also a completely normal bodily function. To live is to fart. But I had a dream. A special calling. A call to action. Hi, I'm Cootie Roods, founder and CEO of Wind Express. This All Elite product is for people like me, whom, like many of you out there, I suffer from IFSF. That's insufferably foul-smelling farts. Now, with many years of trials and errors, we discovered that forever suppressing your farts will lead to a quick death after just a few months of gas suppression. We at Wind Express have created a breakthrough order technology patent, Wind X. This technology will alter the perfume of one's farts to any fragrance we supply. Like me, join the millions and say goodbye to the nightmare of farts and say yes to life. Order today and we will include our new fart noise cancellation insert for free. With the fart noise cancellation insert, you can now fart confidently, openly, and anonymously anywhere. Windex must be used on a daily basis. The sudden stoppage of Windex after extended use will cause worsening flatulence. Lewis Ling Show Baby It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, it's the NXT 2.0 air date September 6th, 2022. This episode is the aftermath of Worlds Collide. Let's go. Webbo. Webbo. Welcome back, listener. I'm the Paisleywood, and we're about to take a very cynical look back at the latest tapings of the NXT 2.0. But before we dive into the show, a quick note. The NXT has no authority figure. That's right. There's no one representing the the authority figure of any sort, general manager or anything, whatnot. Now, with that said, a quick shout-out to the non-competitors. First and foremost, the commentating crew. The play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some might even call them the narrators like me. I believe, personally, these two are the best in the business. It's the team of Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett. Then, of course, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, it's Mackenzie Mitchell doing a fantastic job. Now, without further kadoos, let's get on with the show. 
Now, the show, I gotta say, was a spectacular event. My goodness, was it great? Was it fantastic? Uh, even its following, Worlds Collide. This match, this show did not let down. But we start the show off with the in-ring promo of uh, Tyler Bate. Now, Tyler did lose his, uh, his European uh, championship. Um, the North American, I mean the NXT um, UK championship to uh, Braun Breaker at Worlds Collide. It was a fantastic match. But, of course, Tyler Bate did lose. And he's wondering, like, did he, did he do everybody proud? Uh, he thinks he did the UK proud. But, of course, Gallus comes out. Wolfgang. Mark Coffey and Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey, of course, running his mouth like he always does. Now, I gotta say, Gallus and Joe Coffey especially, they do run their mouths off a whole lot, and uh, they are, in fact, as proven, all talk and no action. Now, in the NXT UK, the Gallus um, did have the NXT UK champions <clears throat> the championship for a little while until dethroned by Pretty Deadly and Pretty Easily, and ever since then, they've done nothing except for one week, um, Mark Coffey was the uh, Heritage Cup champion for one week. Yeah, other than that, Gallus boys do a lot of the talky talk. And this is no difference. They're talking about uh, Tyler Bate and his unfortunate loss at uh, Worlds Collide. Because Tyler Bate lost his uh, European Championship belt, and it's true. And, of course, <clears throat> they're saying that uh, you not only didn't do Europe proud, UK proud, but... You've let the entirety of Europe down. Which is pretty hilarious to say. Even though even though he did lose. But for um, Joe Coffey to say that. And the crowd was saying, uh, you lost too. You, and it's true. Wolfgang and Mark Coffey did, in fact, lose their opportunity to become the unified um, NXT champions. So it's big mouth. Big mouth. But of course, it's three on one. And Joe Coffey's feeling very uh, confident. And him and his brother, Mark and uh, Wolfgang, go and attack Tyler Bate because he's too stubborn, too proud to leave the ring. <clears throat> so the attack. But after, while he's getting beaten down, not beaten down for long because in comes in. In comes in, that's right. In comes in um, the current unified NXT champion. Braun Breaker comes in. And, of course, Wolfgang comes out of the ring to, to stop Braun Breaker. But Braun Breaker runs right through Wolfgang. Just, wham! It was insane. Wolfgang was, was nothing. It was nothing there. So now, 2-1-2. Two two. Easily, Braun Breaker and uh, Tyler Bate can easily destroy. Braun Breaker himself can easily run through uh, the Coffee Brothers without a problem but two on two no problem i believe uh tyler bait with a massive punch to help clean out the ring but this sets up a massive massive uh tag team match um mark and joe coffee versus tyler bait and your universal champion braun breaker like i say i think braun breaker could uh, easily win not quite easily but yeah, pretty much easily, single-handedly win against the Coffee Brothers. If it were uh, like uh, a handicap match, a tag and handicap match. 
But regardless, it's going to be a main event tag team match. I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. It should be a lot of fun, at least. So now here we go. Pretty Deadly. The team of uh, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Talking about uh, maybe they could be the greatest tag team of all time. Or they say they're the tag greatest tag team. You know what? They are the greatest tag team of NXT in the NXT universe. I think so. I think they're the greatest NXT champions of all time. But the greatest champions of all time, no. Um, but I'd say, regardless of the close knot, I wouldn't say think that. Uh, the greatest tag teams, currently I think it's representing the bloodline. I believe the Usos are the greatest tag team that ever lived. And they still are living and are still are currently holding the tag team titles. Um, unified them. And uh, who knows, one day they might even defend them. But regardless, Lash Legend comes in and uh, their girl, Lash Legend, talks about, oh my goodness, there are some rumors about. They believe, and I believe Tony D'Angelo is saying that you paid off Damon Kemp. That's right. And uh, Pretty Dad is like, oh, oh, no, we'll see to that. So we'll see, will Pretty Deadly confront Tony D'Angelo? We'll find out soon enough. So now here we go. It's with uh, our first match representing Toxic Attraction. It's Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, but there's no Mandy Rose in sight. Perhaps she's, uh, I don't know, uh, pre-injured, disposed with injuries with her match at the Worlds Collide, but who knows? She's not here today to back up her pals. And who are her pals going to be fighting? Why? From, straight from uh, uh, Raw. It's Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. And by the way, Dewdrop and Nikki Ash have also, Nikki almost a superhero, I should say, almost a superhero. They are both NXT alumni, in case you don't know, now you know. But, you know, ever since going to the main roster, Nikki Ash did go for a solo run, amazing run. She did become uh, the women's champion, which was, it's amazing on zone, amazing feat. But ever since that, it seems like, you know, Nikki, almost a superhero in Dewdrop, is being treated like uh, the Lucha House Party. Such talent, but uh, they seem to drop through the cracks. It's, it's pretty terrible because uh, now they did come back after a long hiatus. They barely fought for a long time. And when they came back, um, they were put into the uh, women's vacated tag team title tournament, which they lost, first thing. And then they had a second chance at gold, which was in the NXT their first match in NXT, the NXT uh, Worlds Collide, which they fought Caden uh, um, uh, Carter and Katana Chance, which they lost. And uh, they came back and uh, they lost again in uh, Raw, I believe. Um, now, I believe uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Smith, he said that uh, um, they looked like a well-oiled team. They didn't. <clears throat> but... Can they turn things around NXT 2.0? Can they do something against Toxic Attraction, GG Joel and JC Jane? Well, I'll tell you what. This match was was a great match. Was almost match of the night. I'd say almost because it was tied with another match. Um, but it was, it was a great match. Um, now, it came to a point. Now, Toxic Attraction did have a really uh, point of domination where uh, Nikki, almost a superhero, is fighting out the ring with... Uh, JC Jane, Dewdrop comes to help out, but she gets kicked in the face by Gigi Dolan. But nevertheless, so. other than that horrible mishap in the ring, it was back and forth, really. But the end sequence was this. 
It was Dewdrop after a massive Vader bomb on Gigi Dolan. She goes for a pin, but it was, oh my goodness. JC Jane comes up and with a swift kick to the face, whack! Kicks uh, Dewdrop off the pin. And then Nikki fights with uh, JC. JC tosses uh, Nikki out of the ring. Um, Nikki pulls JC out of the ring as well. In between the um, the ring and apron. And with that, she's trapped between the, the, the apron, of course. And she gets thrashed by Nikki, almost a superhero. Just thrashed the living holy hell out of uh, JC Jane, putting her out of the match for the rest of the match. And while that happens, um, inside the ring, it's Gigi Dolan and Dewdrop. Gigi taking the top rope, going for a high cross. Gigi, uh, Dewdrop catches Gigi Dolan. <clears throat> and then with a massive Michinoku driver. That's right. It was huge. Uh, Dewdrop just slams uh, Gigi Dolan into the mat. It was pretty impressive, I got to say. But that didn't end the match. It, didn't, it was just a setup move, I gotta say. It could have been a finish. But it wasn't the finish. It was a setup. And the setup was this Dewdrop hit the ropes, and with this, her patented uh, uh, high cross splash, like old days. Now, this match was, uh, was basically a, a drawback, a look back of what Dewdrop used to be like. You know, her, her you know, very aggressive self. So, this is looking great for Dewdrop. Nikki Ash. Eh, she's still uh, still Nikki Ash of the uh, main roster. Not quite the old uh, Nikki Cross days. But regardless of this, this is something huge, I think. According to this match, whether it's a kayfabe or not, um, Dewdrop came out with a like a bloodied nose. Broken nose. Could have uh, JC Jane have broken Dewdrop's nose during the match? Well, regardless, I think this is going to set up perhaps Dewdrop wearing a protective mask of carbon fiber. So now, of course, it would be like this. You know, Nikki almost superhero. I told you, Dewdrop, we both wear masks now. We both can be superheroes. And it's like, uh, Nikki, almost a superhero. I'm only wearing a mask to protect my nose. It's protective gear. Not a mask as a superhero. Not a superhero. But regardless, I think, uh, what Dewdrop is going to be donning a mask soon to protect that nose so it doesn't get broken any longer. So I think this is the catalyst of change. And this is a change of good, perhaps. Dewdrop and Nikki, almost a superhero, with the big victory. Now we go to our second match. This is also a very promising match. This is uh, another great match. Uh, I'd say match of the night also, but this shares match tonight with the uh, Toxic Attraction and Dewdrop and Nikki, almost a superhero. This that great. Now it is JD McDonough. Now he did uh, lose his match to Braun Breaker last pay per view, but this time he's got a problem with uh, mm -hmm. Wesley. Now Wesley calls him a little bit crazy because, uh, you know, he's like a robot in the ring there, you know. He doesn't have emotions, so I guess he's crazy. And Wesley's a little bit more emotionally unstable. And I guess uh, JD McDonough is going to explain that uh, being a uh, a little bit crazy is better than being emotionally unstable. I can tell you one thing happened in this match for sure. It was great, like I say. Uh, Shares match of the night with the first match, but Wesley showing how great he is as a luchador, 
showing some great high fly moves and showing his uh, his intellect in the ring there. Just showing off what he can do in the ring. It was a great match. But JD McDonough showing also his intellect, his amazing uh, next level skills as a uh, strong style, British strong style. Just really, really good. The match was excellent. Now the final sequence was, I believe, was the... Uh, Well, it's at the, the uh, ripcord uh, inside suplex sequence, where the ripcord is the ripcord suplex is uh, uh, JD Dev, uh, McDonough's uh, finishing move. So he grabs uh, what's that, uh, Wesley for the suplex. And he picks him up and he throws him, he whips him up, but he's met with a knee to the face. And uh, Wesley then rolls him up for a victory, but JD McDonough kicks out while holding on to Wesley's wrist still. And, I don't know, Wesley seemed to be limp after that, for some reason. Um, then JD picks up Wesley, and then, with a massive knee, gives Wesley a knee to the face. Wham! Wesley falls limp to the ground. And then, JD, uh, I guess, sets up Wesley for his finisher. He, he didn't never let go of the wrist, of course. Never let go of wrist control. Um, JD. And JD then picks up Wesley uh, whips him up with the uh, ripcord into the uh, inside suplex, finishing it for J. Jordan, J.D. McDonough, ending it for Wesley. This was a great match. Great match. Uh, even in loss, in even defeat. That's right. Even in defeat. Um, Wesley looked great. But J.D. McDonough, wow. He is uh, he's one of my favorites, for sure. Great, great talent in the ring there. Great talent. Okay, now we move on. It is a meetup, the face-to-face. It's uh, pretty deadly. Elton Prince and Kit Wilson talking to uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax uh, Lorenzo, um, Channing Stax Lorenzo. And they're talking about, uh, Tony wants to know, wow, how much did you pay Damon Kemp to uh, interfere in that match there? And he finds out that, uh, well, pretty deadly is shocked. We didn't pay him anything. And uh, Tony D'Angelo, wait, we do, you, he did it for free? How did you manage that? And they're like, what? We didn't because we could do it on our own. We didn't need him. He, whatever. So then they were upset. They leave. So it's good. Nice banter between the two. Gotta admit, loved it. Great stuff. Tony D'Angelo, he's a great guy. Like him. Like him. He's fun. Okay. So now here we go. It's a match. Now Mako Satomura early on was challenged or tried to be intimidated into a match by uh, the uh, you know all ego Cora Jade to intimidate her into a match, but Mako was like, I cannot fight you. Not because I'm scared. Because I already have matched with Roxanne Perez. You have no honor. She has honor. Something like that. Terrible accent and all. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome, listener. Okay, so now the match was very good. This was a barn burner of a match. 11-minute match. Usually they have five minutes when it's with the women's side. Usually five minutes. Typical. But this was not typical. This was a barn burner. Um, Roxanne Perez with amazing offense. Um, just having a poor work in there. But in the end, Mako Satomura setting up Roxanne Perez with a, uh, um, what's that, a Pele kick. Wham! To the head. Knock rocking. Roxanne's world. Roxanne tries to get up. But she's met with the Scorpio rising. Wham! Right in the back of the head. Kick O'Rooney. And then three seconds later, Roxanne Perez loses. And uh, Mako Sadmara wins. You know, even though he she did 
on uh, Worlds Collide, Mako Satomura dropped her title too mm -hmm, in a three-way match. In the, in the fatal three, you know, a triple threat. Dropped it to uh, the ultimate champion, mm -hmm, Mandy Rose, who's now the unified um, NXT champion. Now, as Mako Satomura leaves the ring, you know, he's, she's very honored with the match. She's very... Uh, she shakes the hand of Roxanne with a very competitive match. She's uh, very uh, honored by having this. She leaves the ring, but while Roxanne is, uh, you know, reminiscing on a match, thinking about things, watching her leave, her back is turned to the, you know, the all-ego, Cora Jade, with a massive kendo stick whacking her in the back. But uh, Mako Sanmore comes in the back in the ring to protect Cor uh, protect uh, um, Roxanne Perez. Cor Jade runs out like a thief in the night, like a scalded dog. So what's going to happen? I suppose it's going to be uh, Roxanne Perez versus, uh, you know, uh, Cor Jade Part Two, Part One. Uh, I guess they got to make up for Part One being eh, so so. You gotta make a good match. After all, they've been longtime friends. They should know each other. They should have a put together a great match. But who cares? Now we go backstage. It's with uh, our wonderful, um, well, well, Schism's back there. Um, Schism of uh, Rip Thorn and Jagger Reed giving out happy face buttons to anybody and whomever would want a happy face button. Have a nice day. But you know who we don't see around? Where is the crazy one? The born again, Joe Gacy. Not there. So anyways, we got ourselves uh, Kiana James walking by the button stand. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, well, Jagger happily gives her a button. Hey, hey, yeah, would you like a button? Uh, you gotta get a button from the stroke victims. So she grabs a button. And her and her assistant walks to the uh, bin next to the stand and quickly tosses the rubbish out with the rest of the rubbish. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of buttons in there. You know? It's sad face buttons now. But now Kiana walks into a certain uh, Ariana Grace. Apparently Ariana Grace has a problem with Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. And it gives uh, Kiana James an idea. Now I believe uh, Ariana Grace is the beauty queen. You know? So what's this going to be? Beauty and the brains coming together in one coming together. Um, it's like uh, the maximum male models, uh, maximum debris as the male side of the models. Could this be, I don't know, uh, Keanu James starting her women's models. I don't know. doesn't matter. I don't think so. But regardless, Keanu James, Ariana Grace, that could be a great tag team or it could be disastrous. We'll soon find out soon enough when they fight Zoe Starks and Nikita Lyons in the near future. So now here we go. With the returning match, not returning match, returning uh, Ricochet coming after coming back after a massive loss at Worlds Collide against uh, Carmelo Hayes. Ricochet tonight will be fighting Carmelo Hayes' hype guy, his number one hype guy, Trick Williams, or otherwise known as Tricky Willie. Now joining Tricky Willie in ringside is uh, the number the A champion, the North American champion. One of the greats of all time, Carmelo Hayes, watching along the match and giving his commentary alongside with Wade Barrett and uh, uh, Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph. So early on in the match, 
they fight outside. They take the match outside. And usually when they take it outside, it's uh, where uh, someone, they have a special guest out there. They usually fight outside a special guest. Um, so right now, it's, uh, well, the first time to fight outside, uh, uh, Ricochet has a few words with Carmelo Hayes. The next time they were outside there, uh, Trick Williams is bouncing um, Ricochet's head, ricocheting Ricochet's head off the announce table. I usually think, uh, I always think that moves outside there using someone's head as a um, ramming, ramming device against uh, inanimate objects like chairs, ring posts, or stairs, steel stairs should be automatic disqualification, but it's not. And who knows when it will be, but it isn't for the time being. So the match carries on into the ring there. Twick Williams trying his best to beat up uh, Ricochet, but the end sequence was nigh for Tricky Williams. It was, uh, oh my goodness. Ricochet with his uh, recoil onto Trick Williams. And Trick, uh, I guess, uh, embodying Xavier Woods when Xavier Woods took a stunner off of uh, Stone Cold. You know, the crazy oversell. It's like after that recoil, my goodness, uh, Tricky Williams just got launched into the air. It was insane. Such an oversell. But it was fun. But it was fun. And after that, Rick Shea goes on the top ropes. And with the second greatest moonsault in all of wrestling, first point to Andrew Edwards, second going to Rick Shea, squashes. That's right. Squashes Tricky Williams in the, ring, in the mat. And while giving Carmelo Hayes the mean mug while pinning Tricky Williams, that's right, he gets a victory while mean mugging uh, Carmelo Hayes. And then... After that, they have a stare down, a real stare, stare down. And I would love to see this. Trick Williams, or should I say Carmelo Hayes versus uh, Ricochet rematch. That's definitely going to happen because that World's Collide disc was whew, match of the night, probably. Match of the night. Great match. Okay, so now going backstage, we got ourselves uh, a Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks Lorenzo having espressos Still having espressos. Now they, uh, they're talking to, uh, what's that? Uh, that's right. Cameron Grimes back there. And they want to offer him an espresso. And some, uh, maybe uh, he can uh, think about joining the family. If he doesn't, maybe he's going to retire him just like he did to other people. Mm-hmm. It's true. Tony D'Angelo sent uh, Tommaso Ciampa packing. And, uh, um, Santos Escobar packing, and if he and if uh, Cameron Grimes gets in the way, or doesn't accept this, he's gonna get Cameron Grimes packing too. So Cameron Grimes doesn't seem so keen on this. He splashes some uh, espresso onto Stacks. Stacks like, oh, that stings, and they start fighting. Stacks and uh, Cameron Grimes, and then um, Tony D'Angelo gets from behind, and then with a massive. Uh, choke slam, or not choke slam, but massive sidewalk slam, slams Cameron Grimes through the table. That's right. Tony D puts Cameron G to a table. That's right. So it's going to be pretty fun. What's going to happen with that? It's going to be another match against a match against Tony G and uh, Cameron G. Tony D and Cameron G. Who knows? We'll find out. Anyways, now, now we move on to backstage with our very own uh, Mackenzie Mitchell with Diamond Mine. Uh, you know, Julius Creed, Ivy Nile, and talking is Brutus Creed. Now, Brutus is very upset over uh, Damon Kemp backstabbing them. And uh, 
I guess he's talking about um, justice for uh, Roderick Strong. After all of the, what uh, Judas Creed was saying about Roderick Strong, uh, no faith in him. I guess he's eating humble pie now, isn't he? Humble pie. And for, obviously now for, you know, Damon Kemp thinking he's better than her. So anyways, yeah, Damon Kemp officially left because he's, it's all about Damon Kemp. doesn't matter. So they want some revenge. But anyways, they're met face-to-face with uh, Pretty Deadly. That's right. Elton Prince and Kit Wilson talking about, you know what? We didn't need Damon Kemp to, uh, to you know, as, as uh, he didn't need his help. We didn't need Damon Kemp's help. We could do an honor ourselves. Next week, we challenge you. So the challenge is on. The, challenge, the champion's challenging Diamond Mine for a rematch. And the rematch is next week's one-year anniversary, which means the NXT Universe has a say in this. So NXT Universe can say what kind of match this is going to be. But next week's going to be a, the rematch. One-on-one this time. So now speaking of one-on-one, we got ourselves a best-of-three match. It's Nathan Fraser versus Axiom. That's right. And I got to say this. If Nathan Fraser traced, um, underestimates Axiom, Treats him like a kid of some sort. He will definitely lose. But this is a uh, best of three. Um, and this was uh, at the beginning of the match. First couple of minutes was tough. They got to get warmed up. Um, Nathan Fraser almost kills himself. Not really kills himself. But he goes for a tope suicida. Doesn't get enough oomph on it. He falls well short. But Axiom, being the constant professional he is. He's no kid. That's for sure. He, uh, he catches... Nathan Fraser, and then makes Nathan Fraser look like a hero. So the match continues. Great match. Very, very good match. Close to match of the night. Very close, but not quite. Um, now the finishing move. Axion actually gets a, a wonderful flying, like, uh, drop kick. Like, it's weird saying a flying drop kick because it's like a drop kick uh, Inziguri style. But he gets a nice kick to the face. It was a big finisher. And then gets the victory. Axiom number one. One of three over Nathan Fraser. What's going to happen with part two? Best of three. So I would assume Nathan Fraser's going to win part two. I can only assume that would be. So then part three, who knows? So now we go backstage. Backstage, it's with uh, Javier Barnell. Um, big bod. Big body. Who's uh, He's clearly uh, a cruiserweight calls himself big body but it's hilarious javier i think uh he's really liked his personality he's a very big personality i think he's getting a big push but is he getting pushed or is he just pushing somebody else because right now he's got this feud going on with the the head of security that's heading the security over uh looking after gallus that's right so gallus is a security um head of security has a thing going on with javier Bernal. so i suppose Pretty soon, it's going to be a one-on-one match between uh, the head of security, who looks like, I got to say, looks like uh, a gigantic, a well-built, buff, gigantic, young-looking, um, what's his name? Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, not Rogan. Yeah. No. Seth, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan. Ugh. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to keep that in. It doesn't matter. So I think uh, this security guard looks like uh, Seth Rogen. You know, looks like a uh, big buff Seth Rogen. Not Joe. Seth. The comedian. 
But this is no comic because he's going to beat the living hell out of uh, Javier Bernal in due time. Okay, so now with that said, with the flubs and all, we go uh, the next segment is Mackenzie Mitchell um, talk to Carmelo Hayes and his number one trick guy, uh, number one hype guy, Trick Williams, after his big loss. His massive, massive loss, Trick Williams loss to uh, uh, Ricochet. But apparently, I guess the thing is, who's next for uh, at uh, next week at the one year anniversary? Mackenzie Mitchell was saying that uh, Carmelo Hayes has got a match, and Carmelo Hayes is like, "Well, who's next? I've beaten them all. I'm gonna not to quote Roman Reigns or anything, but I've beaten them all. Who's next? Okay, he didn't say uh, quoting Roman Reigns at all, but basically, it's Roman Reigns' speech. Uh, who's next? But apparently." The one-year anniversary, the crowd, the universe decides, or at least they think they got a choice. Who's going to be um, Carmelo Hayes' next opponent? So now with their main event match, our main event match, it is uh, Gallus Boys. Representing Gallus Boys, it's Joe Coffey and Mark Coffey. And with them, alongside, walking to the ring, it's uh, Wolfgang versus, that's right, your unified NXT champion, Braun Breaker and former NXT UK champion Tyler Bate. Now, this match was lots of fun. Lots of fun. Um, not match night. It was lots of fun because uh, when you start having synchronized moves, you know it's it's you know it's you're in for lots of fun. So the first synchronized move is the synchronized suplexes. Braun Breaker and Mark Coffey are in the ring, and uh, Braun Breaker is about to suplex Mark Coffey. Joe Coffey goes in the ring there and tries to break it up. He gets kicked in the stomach by uh, Braun Breaker. Tyler Bate goes in the ring there and uh, he gets uh, he sets up Joe Coffey. And then lets it go. And a one. And a two. And a suplex go. And so they have uh, stalling suplexes. And then, you ready? You ready, Tyler? I'm ready, Braun. Let's drop. And they drop them both. Suplex. And then top that off. They've got the... Uh, the uh, synchronized standing moonsaults. Now, this is great. It's hilarious because uh, it's standing moonsaults and synchronized standing moonsaults, but it's great because of the fact that... Um, now, I always believe Tyler Bate is... Uh, he's got he's well-skilled in the ring there. He's, he's like, His knowledge of wrestling is, is top-notch. You know? And then, Braun Breaker. He's no idiot. He's just as skilled. Uh, his level of uh, wrestling knowledge is just up there with uh, Tyler Bates, and they, they did a Moonsaults together, showing that uh, Braun Breaker, in fact, knows how to do shit. Get things done. But anyways, now how Gallus is going to get the upper hand? How are they going to get the upper hand? Because theoretically, in a real match, uh, Braun Breaker would smash them both by by himself. And uh, Tyler Bate, he can do very well against, him, against both of them, one-on-one, -on -one, easily. So how do they cheat? Why? Tyler Bate goes and throws Mark Coffey out of the ring there and then falls up with a big, uh, uh, what's that, uh, high cross out there squashing uh, Mark Coffey. And then Joe Coffey comes around the other side. Joe Coffey's like, oh, uh, uh, ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. And then Braun Breaker is like, no, you don't. Braun says no. And they meet up all day on one side. And then Joe Coffey backs up. And then Braun Breaker follows him through. The referee follows them both. The illegal people follows him back to the... Uh, Gallus's corner for some strange reason. And then Wolfgang sneaks up from behind, unbeknownst to the referee. He grabs uh, 
Tyler Bate and then rams him back first, spine first into the post. Whammo! And the slides in the ring. They fight some more, but of course, Tyler Bate weathers the storm and gets the hot tag on Braun Breaker. Braun comes to the ring and single-handedly destroys uh, Mark and Joe Coffey, smashes them to pieces, and then gets uh, Mark Coffey, gets him onto his shoulders into a, uh, I believe, a uh, um, doomsday device. Tyler Bate goes off top rope, and with a, I guess you can say, uh, a bulldog, then it's Mark Coffey going for the king, uh, crushed by a great, uh, you know, a tandem move. Tyler Bate goes for a pin, but doesn't happen. Wolfgang interferes with the match. Well, but it's uh, Joe Coffey interferes. He breaks the count. He gets knocked out. Um, but Wolfgang jumps on a ring apron. This is the end sequence, final, end, final end sequence. Wolfgang jumps on an apron. Tyler Bate goes to Wolfgang with a bop and a bang, punches him off. And apparently, Tyler Bate hurt his hand. Oh, oh, that bop really, that bop really hurt my hand. Braun, can you do something about this Joe Coffey situation? So, of course, Joe Coffey's like, all right, later. Blah, blah, blah. And he gets speared out of his boots. Speared out of his boots. That's right. And then Joe Coffey, I think he was crying. He rolled out of the ring in great pain, great agony. Yeah, I don't know if he's crying for sure, but it doesn't matter. And that leaves uh, Tyler Bate along the ring with uh, Mark Coffey. Tyler Bate sets up Mark Coffey with his patented, very high skill, very dangerous move, uh, the handspring. He goes head first, handspring, uh, shoulders first off the top rope. Very, very impressive. Backspring, handsprings off there. And uh, with a discus, I suppose, like thing, turning around and walloping, wolf, uh, walloping uh, Mark Coffey with a clothesline. Whoo, pa! And then sets him up for his Tyler Driver 90, 97, I believe. Something like that. And then gives him a big, um, you know, his, his finishing move. Um, the uh, powerbomb. It is a powerbomb. And he gets the uh, pin. One, two, three. That's right. Gallus loses as usual, doing what they do best. They, uh, they lose. Uh, and they lost again, so they're they good at they're good at talking and they're good at losing. Tyler Bate finishing it off and celebrating alongside Tyler Bate. Tyler Brates is a Braun Breaker, and while they're celebrating together, they both get blindsided, <laughs> jumping through with a, a flying knee. Is their very own JD McDonough? And that's right, flying knee, and then giving. Uh, Braun Breaker, it's just, oh, oh blindsided. It rolls out of the ring. Um, JD, one-on-one -on -one with Tyler Bate. Tyler, I guess, is a little bit tired after the match. Um, gets, grabs him by the wrist with a ripcord, throws him towards himself. And then with a massive inside suplex, once upon a time called Devil Inside Suplex. Devil Inside, this smashes um, Tyler Bate. And then Braun Breaker comes in there. Oh, how dare you! And then like a uh, like a thief in the night, JD runs to the crowd. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be good. Uh, you know it's going to happen again. Braun Breaker versus JD McDonough. And then you know it's going to be great. But of course, next, that ends it for all this week's matches. But next week's going to be big. Next week's going to be really big. Uh, because apparently, 
there's a one-year celebration, of course. Um, now you get to choose between like who do you think? Who do you think between the stars they picked is going to be is the biggest superstar of NXT 2.0? I have a, a chosen few. And of course, um, there's going to be a tag team stipulation match. Pretty deadly, putting their unified gold against uh, mm-hmm. Diamond Mines, uh, Creed Brothers, Brutus and Julius Creed. And then, of course, Tony D'Angelo and uh, Channing uh, Stax Lorenzo, I believe, uh, are going to have a tag team match against Cameron Grimes and a partner, a mystery partner. Uh, we're going to find out who that's going to be next week. But as for now, that wraps it up for another episode of NXT 2.0 for this week. But fear not, listener. Stay tuned for our coverage of NXT. Actually, wait. Uh, we actually do not have NXT UK coming up. Uh, but anyways, we're going to find out after this short break. Um, we're probably going to come back with the uh, NXT um, level up. So yeah, probably as of now, we're probably going to be coming back with NXT level up but uh we may just come back with uh smackdown but we'll find out soon enough and uh but yeah we'll be back back after a short break hey listener it's lip hazelywood here with a quick reminder that the wrestling show posts videos every now and then onto youtube so if you would like to check out a the wrestling show video check out the show on YouTube today. And now, back to the show. The wrestling show, baby. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, it's the NXT Level Up. Air date, September 9th, 2022. Let's go. Uh, well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome back, listener. I'm the Paisleywood, and we're going to start our very cynical review slash look back at the latest episode of... <gasps> That's right. It's the NXT Level Up. That's what your ears don't deceive you. It's level up this week. But before we get on with the show, uh, we first recognize the commentary crew. The play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some may even call them the narrators of the show. They are the very new-faced Sadhu Sadhu Shah. And, of course, from NXT, formerly UK, it is Nigel McGuinness. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Now, I have done NXT Level Up before, and I've uh, actually have stopped doing it for a little while now. But now that uh, NXT UK is on a short hiatus, or actually a forever gone NXT UK before, so right now um, I'm going to be putting on Level Up in the meantime until NXT Europe gets back on and when NXT Europe starts uh, I believe I'm going to put NXT level up on the back burner once again that's right NXT will be put on the back burner but as for now NXT you uh, level up 
is on the the wrestling show for now. So here it is, what happened in the show. We start off big with representing Chase University and being, um, I guess, uh, escorted by Andre Chase himself and the most charismatic person in all of wrestling, Thea Hale. Now, I think Thea Hale is personally, is can take this entire Chase University to the next level, but that's nor here nor there. But representing Chase University, it is Bodhi Hayward. And who is he fighting? Why? It is uh, formerly of uh, Die! <laughs> Hamline. It's Charlie Dempsey. Now, this is clearly going to be a match of uh, strength and fitness versus intelligence and, uh, um, you know, great mat wrestling and, uh, you know, British strong style. So it's all, it was basically, it was a really good match. I would say this was match of the night, if not close to match of the night. This was one of the better matches. There was three matches tonight in half an hour, but three matches. Um, like I say, Bodhi had the strength and he had the, he just was just overpowered uh, Charlie in the beginning part. There's three parts of this match that uh, goes in three sections. The first section was uh, Charlie, Dempsey, or Charlie Dempsey being controlled by the wrist, so Bodhi having the proper wrist control for the first uh, part of the match, just controlling. And then Charlie Dempsey gets the upper hand for a little bit. I don't know why I say it's three parts of the match, but Charlie Dempsey gets the upper hand of the match for a little bit. Uh, grinding Bodhi down until Bodhi gets the upper hand again, using getting his uh, upper hand with his, of course, incredible strength. He get uh, the Billy Gun fitness, I think. And with a series of incredible spears, that's where Bodhi was uh, getting the upper hand on uh, Charlie Dempsey. And then Bodhi decides to put it away with his patented standing splash. Gains of good height and goes down on goes down on Charlie Dempsey. Okay, so Charlie ends up uh, reversing the pin with a uh, uh, fair, uh, you know, <clears throat> an armbar. And then every time Bodhi tries to counter these moves with the help of uh, Andre Chase's verbal cues, it's Charlie Dempsey getting in another finishing hold, another uh, submission hold. After the uh, Carafuna arm clutch, I believe it's called, he goes in for the, uh, uh, the leg crank, the old, uh, you know, well anyways, he tries to go, th and that didn't work. He goes in for his final hold. That's right, the step over foot, the step holder, step over toe hold. And he cranks over uh, Bodhi's neck. And to Andre Chase's dismay, Bodhi eventually taps out. He tippity tippity taps out. But this was a great match. Bodhi Hayward, of course, he's losing again. Uh, but uh, what do you expect? Charlie Dempsey, he already lost to. Uh, you know, Andre Chase at the NXT 2.0. This is uh, level up where things are different. I'm not sure how much different, but anyways, this was a good match. Charlie Dempsey goes out on top. And uh, who knows, is this going to be, I don't know. Now, in a history thing, it looked like uh, the last match in the uh, NXT UK, it looked like uh, um, Saxon Hoxley, Saxon Hoxley was going to join uh, the uh, Chase University. But I don't know. I would still like to see some more work with uh, 
Charlie Dempsey perhaps being part of Chase U, changing the face of Chase U. That would be interesting. I would like to see something like that. Something I like that. Okay, so now we go to match number two. Oh, this was also another great match. I couldn't believe it. Uh, although I knew who was going to win, the match was between uh, the somewhat veteran. Uh, she's been there much longer. She's had TV time uh, now in a solo. Um, it's Valentina of Feroze. Her tag team partner is uh, Yulisa Leon. My personal favorite. She's great. Uh, I don't know. I would like to see Yulisa do an individual match. But this isn't. This is about Valentina. And she's fighting. Whew. Wow. Uh, first time I've ever seen her. And uh, wow, she left a mark. Not a skid mark, though. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But uh, Saul Ruka. Wow. She, is, uh, she looks great. She's got uh, a good uh, size. She's... Uh, she looks incredibly fit, and she can go, go, go in that ring. Um, she looks really strong in that ring. She was uh, manhandling uh, Valentina at times, picking her up, tossing her about. Valentina even goes for a, a high cross where she's caught in midair by Saul. Just, wow. It showed, it was a great match because it showed... Uh, um, Saul's uh, power in that ring and showed Valentina's uh, quickness and intelligence in that ring. Um, so Saul is basically doesn't, uh, their first match, so obviously I knew this because she was going to lose, but she looked great in that ring. Great! But uh, with a wonderful backslide, I think the uh, uh, the perfect backslide, Valentina Froze gets uh, Saul Roca on her shoulders and pushes her back hands on her on her uh, Valentina gets her hands right on the uh, forearms of uh, Saul and with a solid pin I gotta say wonderful backslide I'm not a big fan of roll-ups and backslides but this was a good one getting uh, Saul off balance and uh, off guard with a big big victory yeah this was a great match period Although it's just a little under six minutes, but you know what? Hey, this is a very short uh, show, and it showcased a lot in this match. So Valentina wins, but you know what? Saul looking great. I think I see big things in Saul Ruka's uh, future, and hopefully we'll see a lot more of her because she is impressive. Now here we are, final match. It's uh, it's, it's a shame. It's Icky Man Zero, Icky Man Jiro, Icky Man, uh, I guess he's still hanging around, I haven't seen him forever in uh, 2.0, so I guess he's dropped the rankings of the uh, the developmental league, of level up, so it's Icky Man Jiro, and he's against, representing the D'Angelo family, that's right, the D'Angelo family, um, Tony D'Angelo by his side, it's uh, Channing Stax Lorenzo, hey, I'm Channing Stax Lorenzo here, see? I'm so poor, I can't barely, I got a bunch of bills stacked up, they stacked up, see? Okay, it doesn't matter, that's my ridiculous mobster talk, but that's nonsense. So what happens in the match, okay. Icky Man, uh, wow, he's got the jacket, he's jacket time, he's dialed strong. Now, of course, he had to have some, a lot of things where he has his jacket as a prop, as a part of the match, where he's a usable prop. So early on in the match, he has a jacket sequence, a jacket time sequence where uh, he pulls off his jacket to his shoulders and passes his shoulders so uh, so Channing can uh, grab his jacket and then uh, 
Itchy Man uh, runs to ropes where uh, the full jacket pull-off happens. Oh my goodness. And then a jacket sequence happens where eventually Icky Man gets his jacket back and uh, hooks uh, Channing's legs and pulls him down. Okay, it's just a bunch of stupid sequences. He ends up putting his jacket back on and continuing to fight. Channing stacks with his uh, uh, cravat headlock. Nice cravat, using that thing to his full advantage. Wearing down Icky Man, the zero, a bit. Um, they take it to the top rope, take it to the turnbuckles, take it to the top where Icky Man grabs um, Channing and then whips him off the top rope, setting him up for he looking for the Icky Man Slash. That's right. It's basically a shining wizard or an enziguri. So he runs up and then, oh my goodness, stacks ducks. That's right. You ain't got to get this. So he ducks up. Icky Man flies through the air. Falls flat on his face. Where? Oh my goodness. This is where uh, Channing stacks Lorenzo. He uh, turns this match to a hockey fight. That's right. A hockey fight. It wasn't mentioned, but uh, this is a hockey fight, I would say. It's when someone's jersey is pulled over one's head and then beaten upon the head with the fist. So that's what I would consider a hockey fight. When jersey is pulled over the head. You know, that's basically what it is. So this is when... Icky Man's jacket is pulled over his head and then uh, uh, Channing starts punching upon the face. Hey, that's a hockey fight. If anywhere, this is it and anywhere. And of course, Channing gets his, uh, you know, white beater pulled over his shirt and he gets punched on the face. That's technically, that is a hockey fight as well. But nevertheless, so let's get beyond that hockey fight whole schnaggle bit. And after the puck punches, um, Stax hits the ropes, rebounds back with a, um, a kick. He kicks him in the side of the face, you know, uh, yeah, it could be like a, not, it could be like a claymore, if he, if he uh, did a, like a drop kick, like uh, Drew McIntyre, but no, it's just a, just a kick, straight up kick, and with the one, two, three, yeah, Icky Man uh, uh, Zero just uh, knocked out unconscious after that, yeah, that was that, but of course, um, Channing, making uh, Tony D'Angelo very proud, proud of his boy winning this match in the uh, level up. So good for you, Channing Stacks Lorenzo, with a fun, fun match. Now, that wraps it up for this week's episode of uh, NXT's Level Up. But fear not, listener, stay tuned for a coverage of SmackDown. That's right. Right after this short break. Well, this is my floor. I'll talk to you another time, Stupendous. Um, yeah, alright, alright, Chapo. Talk to you later. Ding. Oh, that's a bad one. Ding. Excuse me, but can you press floor eight for me? Oh, well. I I sure can. Hey, you look a little concerned. What's wrong? Well, it smells like cigar smoke in here. Uh, have you been smoking? You know, you're not supposed to smoke in elevators. You know it's against the law? Relax, guy. I don't even smoke. And hey, what you're breathing in your lungs right now are the noxious gases expelled from my body. Right from the insides. But fear not. 
thanks to Wind X. Uh, what you thought was a wonderful cigar odor wafting through the air is actually me breaking the very wind. You know, I'm really not sure what's worse. Do you suffer from intestinal combustion and IFSF, insufferably foul-smelling farts? Well, then Windex may be the solution for you. Turn your foul farts into a scent sensation, like Cinnabon, lawn clippings, new car, and yes, even cigar smoke. Join the millions and make Windex a part of your daily supplemental routine. Well, for full effectiveness, Windex must be used in a daily routine. The sudden stoppage of Windex after extended use may cause worsening of flatulence. Lewis Ling Show oh, 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 Baby It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from Seattle, Washington, it's Friday Night Smackdown, air date September 9th, 2022. This episode is The Road to Extreme Rules. Let's go. <clears throat> Wellbo. Wellbo. Welcome back, listener. I'm the Paisley Wood, and this is The Rustling Show's very cynical review slash look back at the latest episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get started, a quick shout-out to the non-competitors, the glue that hold the building together. Now representing the authority figure, it's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the scoops, it's usually a team, but today it's Caleb Braxton. And last, but certainly not least, the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, some may even call them the narrators of the show. They are, first of all, the team of the long-time veteran of over 20 years, Michael Cole, and usually his partner, it's a part-time wrestler and very volatile, Pat McAfee, but Pat McAfee is uh, on doing something else, apparently, He's not going to be for uh, for a while. He's doing some a uh, football. He's doing some a uh, football, doing something else. So I was hoping, I was really hoping that to see uh, some um, female representation on the microphone, and uh, cross my fingers, thinking, boy, I certainly hope Caleb Braxton or Megan Morant <clears throat> might get the honors of being the uh, the commentators. But I was mistaken. Taking Pat McAfee's place this week, at least for now, this week. Could be for for the whole duration. But for now, it is from Monday Night Raw. And I would consider him, he's great, one of my favorites, I would say top four um, commentators of all time. At least right now, of uh, Monday Night Raw, of active uh, commentators. I was jumping the gun when I said all times, but as of active commentators, top four right now. Perhaps even top three. Yeah, let's go. Top three. Uh, right now. Okay. So now. It's, uh, of course, Corey Graves. And this, of course, it didn't say that. But Corey Graves is taking the spot. So, without further kudos, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the shows. Now we start off with the big match. 
It is a six-man tag team match. Six-man tag. Although it was introduced at the beginning as a regular tag team. It's a two-on-two. <clears throat> but this is six-man. And it's the Brawling Brutes representing them. It's Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch. Now, i got to break into a, a diatribe over Ridge Holland. Now, when he was in NXT 2.0, Ridge Holland was the man. In my mind, he was a man. His entrance music was the best ever. I loved his entrance music. And then, yeah, he used to dominate. And then going to the main roster, joining Sheamus and uh, losing his uh, identity, really, really, pretty much losing his identity. <clears throat> And coming in, and what a big, what a big disappointment, uh, Rich Holland. I thought when Rich Holland came in, I was expecting Rich to take over like Karrion Cross did, and Karrion Cross is continuing to do. But uh, yeah, this match shows exactly what uh, Rich Holland brings to the table, and that's uh, not a whole lot, not a whole lot. Uh, but however, Butch, he's been uh, when he joined, first joined the main roster. You know, Man Bun Butch, uh, he uh, was a hyperactive little puppy chihuahua jumping over another dog. But when when it comes down to it, Butch is a serious competitor and he's a great athlete. <clears throat> and uh, Butch has a lot of potential. Okay, who are they fighting? Why? It's a team of Imperium. Imperium's back together, of course. They came got back together at the Clash at the castle. And uh, it's Gunther... Ludwig Kaiser, who joined uh, at the same time to the main roster, and joining them is uh, Giovanni Avinci. Now, I can honestly say, Gunther, his style of wrestling is uh, very, uh, um, very punishing. Very punishing. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> I guess you can say it's uh, heavy-handed. You know? And I think... His intensity, Gunther's intensity, brings up everybody's intensity in the ring. You gotta have intensity if you're with Gunther. You know, in this circle, you gotta have intensity. You gotta be intense. And so this match was gonna be good. And I would say this match was the match of the night. Not because it was great, it's because perhaps the rest of the day was a letdown. Sort of a letdown. So Rich Holland did his best. He filled in the spots. He got beaten up when uh, he filled in the time, getting beaten up. Yeah, Rich Holland. Well, so eventually, um, Sheamus was in a ring. He cleans up, cleans town, beats up uh, some uh, Ludwig Kaiser. He tags in Ridge Holland to finish Ludwig Kaiser off. Uh, Ridge comes in with a massive uh, sneak shot, the big forearm to the back of the head, and goes with a pin. <clears throat> he goes with a pin. So, with the pin, he Ludwig Kaiser. He sits on his chest and pulls up his legs. So he puts his back to uh, Imperium's corner. I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, something's happening here. And it's not good for uh, um, Bridge Holland, that's for sure. And sure enough, the pin was broken up by Gunther, who with a massive chop to the back of Bridge Holland's neck, it would look pretty nasty, pretty crazy. But, like I say, this match was, uh, wasn't great because uh, it was a match of night because it was... It was uh, you know, Gunther, he's, he's so intense. Uh, but this match did lose the focus. The referee lost control of the match. It became like a three-on-three -three inside the ring there. They just went ham, ham. They went ham. Gunther pulling out Sheamus from the ring. 
they start fighting in the ring there some more. Eventually, Gunther gets a massive kick, massive, uh, like a bro kick to the face of Sheamus. Yeah, in your face with your own move. Shuzbot, wham! So, they were fighting in the ring there. And uh, Pete Dunne ends up rolling out of the ring where it was uh, Ludwig Kaiser and uh, Giovanni Vinci versus uh, Ridge Holland. Ridge tries his best, but, you know, Ridge Holland. Someone has to take the fall, and Ridge was the one. Where uh, Giovanni picks up uh, Ridge for his patented powerbomb. Not really patented. Rich, uh, Giovanni usually does a, the wedgie powerbomb. He picks him up in the, with the uh, shorts and then slams him to the ground. But regardless, he sits him up for a powerbomb. Um, Ludwig Kaiser goes off the top rope with a massive uppercut. And then the powerbomb drops. Rich Holland. It was a really nice looking powerbomb, I gotta say. It's like, it reminds me of, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Nash, his Nash's powerbomb. Beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. And then it's Giovanni Vinci goes for the pin. One, two, three. That's right. Imperium gets a big win. The brawling brutes, of course, they are falling to mediocrity as usual. It's a shame. Rich Holland. I don't know. Something's something's got to. Some, I don't know. What's happened to Rich Holland? What's happened to Rich Holland? And when did it happen? It happened long ago. It must have happened. But regardless, regardless, I'm being way too cynical now. Imperium wins. A Gunther, I think, right now, if Gunther shows up every week, he, all he has to do is show up every week. Gunther has to show up. And that Intercontinental Champion will be the A Championship belt. It will be the SmackDown official, the, be the unofficial SmackDown belt, if he shows up every week within a month. It should be. It would be more important than Roman Reigns. Let's see. Because right now, this is a great chance for uh, Imperium to become the number one in SmackDown. Easy. Okay, so we now have the Bloodlines. Or bringing men to the fold. Um, it's Sol Sokoa. As the people know him as Sol Sokoa. I could draw him as uh, Johnny Uso. Johnny Uso. So today he's getting inducted into the, uh, officially, into the bloodline. But guess who's not there to induct him? That's right. Not here on Monday Night Raw. Not here on Friday Night Smackdown. That's right. Representing both the face of Monday Night Raw, Smackdown, and the face of the WWE itself. And not showing up in both. It's, uh, of course, Roman Reigns. I call Roman Reigns. He was, uh, I'd say he was... Uh, I call him the best champion ever. But apparently, I guess it's gotten to his head, and now he's resting on his laurels. He's barely showing up. I mean, uh, I would think that with becoming a champion, there's a lot of responsibilities a champion has to do because he's paid the big bucks, go on the dumb shows, you know, promote the channel, go on to, you know, show up to work to uh, promote uh, the belts, you know, do how important it's because Roman Reigns is just not showing up. He's doing being a Brock Lesnar. He's like a part-time wrestler. He does not deserve to be a champion. And, of course, people like uh, um, Drew McIntyre also believe that he shouldn't be champion as well because of his work ethic sucks so bad. Uh, although I'm not sure what he actually does in his, in his life, you know. But all I know is he ain't showing up for work here. So now, who's going to induct Solo Sikor into the Bloodline? Why, of course, it's Sami Zayn. 
Jimmy and Jay Uso. Now, Sami Zayn is so great, doing such great work with the Usos. Being a, I guess, you know what, when uh, Roman Reigns ain't gonna be around, someone's gotta fill his shoes, fill his spot, the void. And what better personality than Sami Zayn? Um, so, Sami Zayn with the Usos, the good cop, bad cop routine, still, I love it, love it. Um, Jimmy Uso, good cop, Jay Uso, bad cop. And they eventually bring in Solo Sokoa, Johnny Uso. And Johnny proclaims himself part of the main roster. Now, Solo, I believe I said, Solo had pretty has done nothing in the NXT 2.0. His uh, main claim was uh, a contender for the uh, North American Championship and failing every single time. And uh, no personal gold in Solo Sokoa's career in the NXT 2.0. But moving on here, I guess he's now wants to claim something in the... What's he going to do? Fight Gunther? Because that's the only belt he sets up for grabs. Oh, of course, maybe the 2.47 championship belt. That belt, uh, that farce of a, of a championship belt. Okay, so anyways, he declares himself there. But, however, showing up is Drew McIntyre. Very upset. And with him is not Karen, his sword. Karen. No, he has a chair. Because if he brought in the sword, someone would be getting stabbed or chopped in half. So, yeah, you're going to be more realistic now. So he brings a chair, and I believe he calls his chair, I don't know, Angela. Let's call his chair Angela. So he brings his chair, Angela, to the ring, and you know what? Jimmy and Jey Uso slide out of the ring. Whoop! Out. Sami Zayn's like, nope, out. But Sol Sokoa stands his ground. It's like, nope, come get it. So, uh, of course, uh, Drew McIntyre and, uh, you know, uh, Angela go to the ring, and he smashes Solo in the stomach with Angela, and Solo backs up, oh, whoa, 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 that chair to the stomach, oh, no, I didn't expect it, I really didn't, seriously, kids, seriously, didn't, didn't expect that to happen, so then, he backs up, Drew McIntyre comes to the back of the ring there, and he's gonna smash Solo over the head, over the back with his chair, you know, Angela, and she, he called it, I'm pretty sure he called it Angela, you know, but before he could, oh, ho. Coming in to save the day, it's uh, Sami Zayn pushing Solo out of the way, accepting the chair shot on his back. That's right. Say hello to Angela. Sami Zayn. Wham. That's right. Pretty tough. Tough for the bloodline. Good for Solo not taking that shot. He's, uh, you know. But before the bloodline can escape in one piece, minus one uh, casualty, Sami Zayn getting smashed in the back. Um... It was a, a, I guess, a challenge. Drew McIntyre challenges Sol Sokoa. And lo and behold, they eventually get will get a match for the main event of tonight. It is, wow. How about that, huh? How things work. Okay, so next up, our second match. This is, uh, this is a match that happened. It's, okay, the, guy, the tag team champions. This is not a tag team uh, championship match, nor is it a... Uh, um, number one contenders match. This match is uh, the women's championship. Raquel champions. Raquel Gonzalez. And riding her coattails is uh, Alia. Versus, now, they're not even from here. They don't go here. They're not, sm they're not SmackDown. They're not even Raw. They're NXT and they are Toxic Attractions. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. So yeah, not a not a uh, title match or number one contender match, just a regular match. 
And into the match. Okay, let's go. It's uh, Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez. It takes the match first in the ring, and he, she does a little bit of work smashing people like she usually does and tags out quickly where um, Aliyah goes in the ring and basically stretches things out, you know, where uh, she gets her ass smoked for a couple of minutes there. She's beat up for a couple of minutes. And, uh, okay. So he knew something was going to happen. He was taking a lot of beatings, a lot of damage, to having a lot of two-on-ones, uh, having, uh, you know, some tangent moves pulled on her. But here we go. Here's the end sequence here. It was hilarious. Uh, toxic traction going for another sequence, uh, you know, a tangent move. Um, Gigi Dolan tags in. JC Jane uh, jumps, pretty much jumps out of the ring. And it's, uh, what's that, uh, Gigi Dolan saying, Oh, where are you going? We're supposed to do that thing, remember? Come back in the ring. So she gets back, Gigi gets back in the ring, where uh, Gigi were to launch the JC Jane into spear-like into Aaliyah. But, of course, they went to the well once too often, and this is where Aaliyah has her chance to make the hut tag, and, uh, and she does. Eventually, she gets by a Gigi Dolan and gets a hut tag on to her partner. Raquel Rodriguez to save the day. She is superwoman. She is a great athlete. Raquel can do this on her own. I always say this. I say that the team of Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah are equivalent to the team of uh, Braun Strowman and that child he, he uh, was tag teamed with one day. Um, and to become the world champions. That's, that's, that's what I think their equivalent is. Okay, so, Aaliyah finally gets the tag out and she gets a rest. And Raquel kicks ass. But until, of course, um, now uh, it was uh, Gigi Dolan getting a little bit of advantage over uh, um, Raquel. She tags in uh, a JC Jane. So they try to get a double suplex onto uh, um, Raquel, which I'm pretty sure Raquel could have get uh, reversed that and gave a double suplex to Toxic, GG's and JC. But regardless, that didn't happen. It is uh, Aaliyah, she comes back in the ring there, tackles the illegal woman, GG Dolan, they roll out of the ring. While uh, Raquel and JC are in the ring, Raquel pushes off uh, JC and then eventually throws her into the Tahana Bomb, Slamming JC to the ground, wham! And then five minutes later, after it started, it is over. Um, yep, Raquel with a big win, and Aaliyah, she's giving the love. She's just loving on uh, Raquel a little bit too much. She's giving her hugs. She even slaps uh, before the match starts. Uh, Raquel does her back pose, and she gets the old. Uh, she starts slapping her in the ass. You know, if that was a guy slapping a girl in the ass like that, yeah, wow, that would be uh, that wouldn't be good. You know, the harassment charges would be out of the roof. But regardless, and then of course Aaliyah kissing her up, uh, you know, her, her ticket to, uh, to to success, riding proudly on the coattails of Raquel. I'm I'm just pushing. I'm just leaning into this. Uh, the whole Aaliyah doesn't do anything. Raquel does everything uh, thing angle. But it's okay. It's all right. So let's move on. Let's get over that. Our next match. Um, now I thought this... Uh, no, okay. This next match was just bad. 
Let's just face it. This next match was bad. It is a uh, fatal five-way elimination match. The winner of this match gets number one contendership for to uh, fight uh, Liv Morgan for the women's uh, championship gold. And who's in this match? Why? You can tell it's going to be a kind of uh, it's going to be tough because uh, returning to action, it's Lacey Evans, mm-hmm. and then she's versus. Sonia Deville, that's right. And uh, she's versus another good one. Oh my goodness, Natalia. And Zia Lee is also in this match. She hasn't been doing anything for a long time. She's put in here. And of course, Ronda Rousey. Now, Ronda Rousey, I'm not sure what's going on with Ronda Rousey. You know, uh, she was a champion for a little bit. Uh, then she got suspended and then... Uh, Adam Pierce, he doesn't like Ronda Rousey, whether it's kayfabe or not. He called her a giant bitch, and she attacks Adam Pierce again. And apparently, there are some new behind-the-scene charges, kayfabe charges. Clearly, um, so where is Ronda Rousey stand in the future? But regardless of that, her future. But as of now, she's in this fatal five-way. So they said there were some charges. Maybe what? Now who doesn't matter? Okay, so this five-way fatal five-way starts. And watching this Fatal Five-Way in her own little booth, in a crowd there, in her own little VIP booth, it's uh, Liv Morgan going, Yay! Champion! Mm-hmm. Liv Morgan, she's still the most beautiful woman in wrestling. I still think she's beautiful, but uh, um, that's how bad the SmackDown uh, roster is and how unstable it is uh, in the women's division when Liv Morgan is your woman that represents the women's division in SmackDown. Although she's, like I say, beautiful, but her wrestling skills is, eh, doesn't matter. Let's move on. It's not about Liv Morgan, it's about the match. Now, like I say, about one minute into the match, um, Natalia tries to put on the sharpshooter onto uh, Zia Lee, where she was struck in the face with the woman's right by uh, Lacey Evans. Now Lacey tries to go for a pin and uh, Sonya Deville knocks her off the pin and they start scuffling. There's a lot of stuff's happening in the meantime. Like 30 seconds goes by. When, uh, around 30 seconds, where uh, Ronda Rousey goes into the ring. She clears the ring out a little bit. And she sees uh, Natalia still unconscious from that punch. And one and a half minutes, minute and a half into the match, it is Natalia tapping out, tippity-tippity-tap, and tap dances out of the match. First thing, Natalia, bye-bye. Now, if you didn't think that was embarrassing, this is, gets even more so embarrassing because it's a double tap-out. A double tap-out. Um, it's uh, Sony Deville and Ronda Rousey tapping out, and now Sony Deville tapping out Zia Lee in a side headlock. A side headlock. This is embarrassing. Embarrassing. And Ronda Rousey taps Lacey Evans, of course. That's with her patented armbar. And that happened one minute after Natalia tapped out. So this match is going fast. And it's, uh, it's a tough match. It's a tough match. It's, uh, I guess, if you can say, if anything, it was fun. Uh, and it's poor, poor. It's just bad things. It's a sad thing to see uh, Jessica Carr being a ref in this poor, poor excuse of a match. But doing your best, anyways. The best part of the match is Jessica Carr. Okay, so, after this sad double tap-out, it becomes a one-on-one match. Ronda Rousey 
versus Sonia Deville. Now, Sonia Deville is a former mixed martial artist who, uh, who went to, and they both have similar backgrounds, Sonia and uh, Rhonda. The only thing different is that Rhonda was a champion, and Sonia Deville, she participated in the mixed martial arts scene. And of course, in this match, eventually, Ronda Rousey got the, you know, inevitably and eventually got the advantage over uh, Sonya Deville and setting her up with her, I believe she calls it a uh, Piper's Pit. It's a modified, let's face it, it's a Samoan drop and she calls it the Piper's Pit. And that sets up for her armbar, no, it's not today, not today, I'm not a one trick pony, I'm a two trick pony, damn it. And she puts on the uh, ankle lock taught to her by the great Kurt Angle. So here we are. We move backstage to, uh, of course, a great segment with Sami Zayn and the Bloodline. And uh, Solo Scorpio. It's, it's great. Jimmy Cheyuso still still so negative against uh, um, Sami. It's so great. And it's Jimmy Uso bringing it back to where it belongs, to uh, Solo Sokoa. And getting him ready for his big match against uh, Drew McIntyre. But yeah, I gotta say, um, Sami Zayn, with anybody, you know, anything banter, Sami Zayn is great. Great at it. Sami Zayn's one of the best, period. Okay, so now an eight man tag. And I'm never a fan of an eight man tag because it's, uh, it's basically a stunt show, becomes a stunt show. A Wild West stunt show, or a wrestling stunt show, rather than a wrestling match. And this was no difference. This was a ridiculous match, because of who's in it also. It is, on one side, Maximum Male Models. Max Dupree, Maxine Dupree, and no, no, not yet. There's no uh, uh, Maxi Priest. But eventually, we'll see Maxi Priest as the musical director of uh, Maximum Male Models. Now, the fighters of Maximum Male Models are... Uh, Marseille and Mansoor. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and they're tag team with the, I guess the the wanna be models of the uh, uh, Triple M are Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Well, I remember Humberto and uh, <coughs> Humberto and Angel. They've got some serious talent, and when uh, put into good use, they can be they can put some great matches together. They can put some, some really good matches together. But as of late, they've been doing nothing. And today is no different. And they're, they're fighting. Their team, their opponents are from representing Hit Row. And accompanying them from Hit Row is a B-Fab. And uh, from Hit Row is Ashante the Adonis and Top Dalla versus... Now, I don't know. The hit Row... I can't see anything. I can't see chain moving mountains. I, I think they were there to uh, be another tag team, to be a, just another tag team, but I don't see them doing anything. Sorry, but without, uh, you know, Swerve Scott, Isaiah Swerve Scott, I mean, he was the uh, he was the, the mastermind behind the whole thing. He was the engine that made that uh, thing roar. So yeah, that's what I think about Hit Row. And uh, Pumping Hit Row are uh, my favorite tag teams. My fair tag team, it's uh, the Street Profits, the team of Angel Dawkins and Montez Ford. They bust their asses every time they go to the ring. And I, it's sad to see them in this farce of a match. Um, 
street profits uh they're they should be tag team champs but they're not they're being treated like that's right the lucha house party mm -hmm. yeah okay regardless because they they're, they they got so much talent and they're treated so badly this match okay this match was a lot of fun this match was a stunt show for sure um and sequence was uh top dollar in the ring knocks out Marseille Marseille tags in uh men's uh, uh, uh what's a mensois mensois goes off top rope high cross and he gets caught by uh top dollar Top Dollar eventually makes his way to the uh, to his corner, gets a tag in from uh, Ashante the Adonis, and they set up, you know, Mansois with their finishing move. Um, they called the heavy hitter apparently, the backdrop driver, and the uh, drop kick to the face to set it all up, and Ashante with the big one two three with the big pin over this inferno of a match um, like five minutes of it happened it happened it's a stunt show big moves and uh yeah to move on let's move on now we got ourselves the alpha academy the alpha academy in the ring there otis and chad gable now they're in the ring there to do two things one is to make fun of the audience because that's what they do. They shoosh. They love to shoosh people. Um, I think it's become tired. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Guerrero. You know. Uh, well, regardless. Per, uh, quiet. It doesn't matter. So anyways, he's doing a shoosh thing. Make fun of the audience. And he's uh, basically wants to foil the uh, Braun Strowman's, uh, you know, appearance at... Uh, Smackdown. Yeah, whatever. So Braun Strowman makes the ring there. He greets the crowd. Braun! And then he punches uh, Otis in the face. Then he destroys the uh, Chad Gable. And then he power bombs uh, Otis. Yep. Braun Strowman is also on Smackdown. So yeah, Braun Strowman shows up on Monday Night Raw and ruins... Uh, a uh, tournament, a mini tournament, a match for the number one contenders for this tag team championship gold. Sucked. But today at least he did something good. He uh, beat up the uh, the jobbers of the uh, Alpha Academy. Mm -hmm. Or the uh, Alpha, uh, American Alpha 2.0. Now here we go. Caleb Braxton with Drew McIntyre uh, talking about his loss at Clash at the Castle and perhaps revenge on Solo Sokoa. Well, apparently, Drew McIntyre, with some serious words, he says, all actions, all actions causes consequences, but uh, not going to like his consequences of Solo Sokoa. He's not going to like his consequences. Okay, it's all paraphrased. Actions has his consequences, and Solo is not going to like the consequences to the actions he's taken over at Clash at the Castle because he had a, he uh, single-handedly distracted Drew McIntyre enough, where Drew McIntyre lost his concentration, and uh, of course, um, the big dog himself, never present there, Roman Reigns got the pin and retained his title. So Drew McIntyre, this time knowing he's not going to be hitting anybody, 
He brings his uh, his sword, uh, Karen, to the ring. It's my sword, Karen. I'm ready to chop someone in two with my sword. That's right. That's what he said. I heard that exact words. It's true. So now coming to the ring, represented by the bloodline, of course, and representing the bloodline, it's Sami Zayn, Jimmy Uso, NJ Uso, and they're accompanying Solo Sokoa to the ring. Now in this ring, of course, uh, um, the Usos, the bloodline, tried to do their best to distract Drew McIntyre to his main objective, and of course, the referee is doing a wonderful job at looking the other way. Now, like I say, uh, um, I believe uh, Jimmy Uso jumping on the ring there, ring apron. Uh, Drew McIntyre punches him off the ring. And then, of course, why wouldn't a ref uh, go to the spot where, you know, Drew McIntyre isn't that. He's always calling uh, Jimmy Uso on the other side. It's ridiculous where uh, Sami Zayn gets involved. I mean, uh, Drew McIntyre was going to do a uh, massive... Uh, a tope over the top and smash the boat, but Sammy stopped that from happening. He gets pulled into the ring. He was going to get uh, claymored, but he was saved by Solo Sokoa super kicking uh, Drew McIntyre in the face. But this match carries on. You know, where eventually Solo Sokoa tries to, well, just after that, uh, Solo Sokoa tries to take him out. Um, Sammy Zayn jumps onto the ring. And this is just weird. Uh, where the referee's like, oh, I, I can't say, make sure he sees Sami Zayn. He's not paying attention to anything else but Sami Zayn. Um, behind him now, it's the Usos, while Drew McIntyre, somehow, he runs towards the ropes. And he sees Usos there. He runs towards the ropes. And Usos pull the ropes down, where Drew McIntyre flops over the top rope. The referee's on the other side, talking to uh, Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa's down there as well distracting the referee. Hey, that's right. You're supposed to be over here. You're supposed to be here five seconds ago. What are you doing here so late? This is where the things are happening. We'll tell you when to turn around there, referee. Don't worry about it. We got your back. So I was like, Dad, don't worry about it. We got your back. And while that happens, oh my goodness. The beatdown occurs outside the ring. Jimmy and Jay Uso just beating the hell out of um, Drew McIntyre, laying the boots on him big time. And then it is the Street Profits run down to save the day. They beat up the Usos. And of course, a big move. Oh my goodness. Uh, Montez Ford. Uh, finally, with the all the Usos out there. Jimmy and Jay Uso. And of course, Sami Zayn is ready to catch the flying mm -hmm. uh, Montez Ford. But the, from massive, from the top rope to the outside of the ring, it was incredible. From the heavens above, some might say. Crushes all three of them. But this ring comes, this match comes to the end because, uh, well, Drew McIntyre is waiting in the ring there for something to happen, and something does happen. He is attacked by Karrion Cross. That's right. And with, the, I believe, the stray jacket or something like that. Throws on the rear naked choke. Um, Drew McIntyre tries to escape, but he can't. And the show ends fading to black. Karrion Cross with this massive finishing move. Scarlet alongside, enjoying the whole thing while everything fades, like I say, to black. And that ends all the matches. But however, next week, next week's going to be big, yo. It's going to be really big. 
uh, because uh, it's going to be a, a fatal uh, four-way for the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championship Gold. That's right. The Usos will finally be defending their gold. And at, uh, next week, it's going to be The New Day. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods versus The Street Profits. That's right. Uh, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford versus The Alpha Academy. That's right. Chad Gable, Otis versus representing Los Loterios. That's right. Um, it is uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angelo and uh, Angel Garza. So yes. Uh, now that wraps it up for another week of Smack It Down, and also concludes this entire episode of the podcast. Now, for all you listeners who have stuck around us for the very end, know that I hold a very special place in my heart for you. So, if you don't mind, join us next week for an all-new episode of the Wrestling Show, and always remember as well, you matter. The wrestling show, oh, 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 baby.